Coming on Math on this episode of The Goldilocks Zone, we talk Phase 2 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's our sequel to last week. This week, we're covering all the 2s and 3s. That's right, we've got Thor 2, Captain America 2, Iron Man 3, Guardians of the Galaxy. Not only that, we're also going to tease the second half of Phase 2. Hasn't come out yet. Avengers Age of Ultron and Ant-Man. And we're going to look towards the future in Phase 3. It's a packed Marvel episode, and we're even including our first ever prize giveaway here on the Goldilocks Zone. Stick around, it's a great show, and we might as well start it right now. You're entering the Goldilocks Zone, episode number four, published February 21st, 2015. Marvel's Cinematic Universe, part two. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of The Goldilocks Zone, the only podcast on the internet that dares to give opinions. Uh, I don't think that's true. I'm Sean Jennings, and I am joined, as always, by our uh, very own superhero. Uh, he is our Doctor Strange, maybe, might be a fair comparison. He is Matt Mariani. Sir, how are we doing today? I'm doing uh, pretty super. Pretty super, super Sean. How are you? Boom. You, you sold it. Yes. Uh, no, I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. I thought last week's show was outstanding. I thought so, too. But I maybe I'm lying to myself because I was on it. So that, <laughs> I don't know how fair it's that hard. is. Our, our, our opinions don't really uh, have to matter on that one. But I, uh, I, I do have to say what is really super is that theme music seems to get <laughs> more and more catchy every time I hear it. Well, I'm glad you like it. Matt, I, I will give you 100 U.S. American dollars if you can tell me where that music's from. I will tell you it is a film soundtrack clip. Oh, and, wow. And the film came out in the last five years. Oh, see, I thought you wrote it. No, I no, I did not write the theme. I, I blatantly stole it. Oh. Uh, uh, wait, it's a film in the last ten years? That last, it's last five last, years. Last five years. You know what? Let's be oh, better. You know How about the last two years? Uh, okay. Very recent. Then it's got to be from the Smurfs too. <laughs> that's a, that's a fun guess, but th this movie was much better. Much better. Much better. Oh, Sean, you can get in trouble for things like that. <laughs> Stealing good movies. Controversial opinions on Smurfs uh -huh. too. I'm gonna say it's that song that Adele made for Skyfall, right? No, Matt. It is from the Lego Movie. The Lego movie. Oh, I love from the, that. It's from the Lego movie. It's one it's, of my favorite movies. It's from the scene where uh, after their submarine is destroyed, all the characters are making their plan to defeat Lord Business. Um, that's the music that plays as they're like the montage as they create their plan. Really? So oh. there you go. I And I loved it. I listened to the movie and I love that track. Uh, I did the same with Big Hero 6, which also had a great soundtrack. Uh, and so I pulled a few songs and they make great themes. So. Ooh. Anyway, a little fun fact. Uh, but but we got to jump right into it, Matt, because we got a lot to cover today. We got a lot to cover. We got to start with last week's question. Absolutely. Last week we asked our fans which Marvel superhero group would you rather join: the Avengers, the X Men, or the Fantastic Four? Um, now, Matt, I, I like this question because I think we're going to alternate between open-ended questions and sort of multiple choice pick 'em. And I think okay. that works well because it's a diverse type of answers. And with multiple choice, we can run polls and get That's more true. responses. It's great. So Efficient we actually, data collection. Exactly. So we ran a poll for this question, uh, posted it on our social media accounts at Goldilocks Zone and Goldilocks Zone on Facebook. 
Uh, and we asked, what group would you rather join? We included those three. I also added at the last minute, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, technically a Marvel superhero group. Uh, and are, are you ready for the results? Uh, I'm ready. Okay. The, the results overall, we had nine people participate. Thank you for those of you out there who included your opinions. Uh, the winner, the Avengers. The Avengers. The Avengers has four votes. Guardians of the Galaxy, three votes. X-Men, two votes. Fantastic Four, no votes. Oh, so not that, a surprise. No, I don't think it's a surprise either, uh, especially not with the Fantastic Four at zero. But Matt, I'll ask you, what is what is your answer to this question? My answer, and um, I was going one route, and then I thought about it a little bit more, and I decided to go a different route. I chose the X-Men. And uh, the reason I would give there is because I thought that if I joined the Avengers, I would make them a whole lot suckier. (laughs) See, I was going Avengers first route, and then I said, no, I don't want to ruin something like that. I'll join the X-Men. They seem like they're also a lot more accommodating, as long as you have those mutant powers, like you're you're able to find a home with them. Mm -hmm. And the Avengers is kind of like the all-star team of of well-known Marvel superheroes. Uh, Even uh, characters like Spider-Man and... um, and the Ant-Man and other other people who have been part of the Avengers in the comics universe, they didn't even make it to the mm-hmm. uh, to the movies. So that's my answer. I'm going to say X-Men. Plus, I might get something really cool like that uh, the one that has the wings coming out of his back. Angel. Angel. Like, it's pretty cool. Very creative name. Right. Uh, yeah, so let's hear your, your uh, choice. So this was tough. It was between Guardians and X-Men for me. I ended up going with the X-Men. I like Guardians because I think they're more fun. I think they're the most fun out of these groups. Uh, like, you're going to have the most fun hanging out with them. But I, I picked the X-Men just because of the sheer number of people who have been X-Men. I mean, it, it, at this point, it's got to be over 100 who have come and gone as members of the X-Men. Um, and Wasn't I just think Bill of that. Clinton part of the X-Men I, at one point? They would make anybody <laughs> part of the X-Men. I mean, come on. It was, it was open, open season on the X-Men. And I, the problem with the Avengers for me is everyone there seems to have a really big ego. Whereas I think the X-Men are a little more chill about it. I mean, Wolverine, sure, he's allowed to, but everyone else seems kind of cool and people come in and out. And it's just a little more loose than I think the Avengers, which is very official. And when I look at leaders, I'd rather report to uh, Professor X than I would Tony Stark. Oh, absolutely. Tony Stark's a cool guy. I'll have a drink with him. I do not want him as my boss. No. I, I think that's a fair. That's a fair point. He's he's very reckless. Very reckless. And uh, if one of them was going to stab you in the back, absolutely, it would be uh, Mr. Stark. I think that Charles Xavier would take a bullet for for any of his crew mm-hmm. any day. Absolutely. And and I I understand Fantastic Four having no votes. I mean, they really have no public presence, right? I mean, the movies haven't been good. A lot of people don't know much about them. Um, it's kind of a tough sell. Yeah. Uh, Fantastic Four. Uh, yeah, it's that the, the and um, the, now they're gonna have a, a sequel coming out. I understand, right? Uh, yeah. Te- technically, it's a reboot because it's another origin story. But right. yes, they're doing a new movie. It's coming out this year. Uh, should be interesting. It, it seems to be a little bit more uh, gritty than the previous films, which were a little more loose. Right. I think they're just kind of like the way less awesome X Men. Yeah. That's also, the, the reputation that they get uh, with a lot of people who aren't, I guess, diehard 
Fantastic Four fans. Yeah, I, I could get into a whole show on just the Fantastic Four, but basically in the comics, they're kind of brash and goofy and very out there and very uh, personality driven and they've gotten very shortchanged in the cinema. So that's just, I think that's a shame. Um, but we, we're here to talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Matt. No Fantastic Four to be found. No Fantastic They don't exist. They do not exist. Uh, before we get to that, I'll remind everybody, goldilockshow.com is the website for this show. Uh, you should go there, check it out. We've got all the links to our social media accounts, places you can download the show, uh, audio, video. It's all there on the website. Uh, and stick around, because at the end of the show, we're going to talk about next week's question. And we are doing our first ever prize giveaway to our fans. Matt, are you excited? I'm jumping in my seat. Now, what if I told you, as a host, you are ineligible to win? Would you still be as excited? No, now yeah. I'm I'm over it. You're over honestly. it. <laughs> <laughs> totally over it now. All right. Well, stick around the end of the show because they're good prizes, I promise. And we'll tell you how you can enter and how you can win. But we've got to jump right into the content. We are in phase two. Let's set the stage, Marvel. Coming off of the Avengers, I think the highest, third highest grossing movie in history. Massive success. They come back with phase two, their continuation of the story. And they begin that with Iron Man 3. Now, this is the first time they've done three movies in a series based around their most iconic character in the cinema at this point, Tony Stark as Iron Man, starring Robert Downey Jr. Let's get into some thoughts on this. I will come in and go co first. I really liked Iron Man 3 way more than I thought I was going to. Coming into a third movie in any series is rough. Factor in the fact that Iron Man 2 wasn't particularly good, and the fact that this was now the fourth movie starring Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. Ripe for burnout. Here's what I think they did right. A couple things. One, I really like the fact that a big part of this storyline was Tony recovering from what happened in The Avengers. Again, we talked about how wonderful this cinematic universe idea is where the story goes from movie to movie. This was really, for me, so far, the sort of biggest example of that actually happening in a real way. We saw Tony very kind of disturbed from what happened, him trying to recover and get better. Um, I thought that really humanized his character in a lot of ways and really proved the value of having a cinematic universe, as they call it. I thought... Uh, ben Kingsley was really great in this film. Uh, I thought, as much as I like Terrence Howard better, I thought Don Cheadle was good in this film. Um, and I actually didn't hate Gwyneth Paltrow in this film, which is shocking because I hated her in the other two. Um, I actually thought she did uh, okay in her role, the whole extremist storyline. Uh, the movie had a lot going for it, but to me, it just clicked as a good... I don't know if generic's the right word, but it was cookie cutter in the best kind of way. You know what I'm saying? Where you could see the storyline happening as it was happening. Nothing was really shocking or surprising. It had the right amount of funny moments and the right amount of serious moments and the right amount of action. Um, and just was overall just a solid movie. It didn't break any ground, didn't do anything we hadn't already seen before. But for me, I think Iron Man 3 is a great example of if Marvel just needs to put out a movie and this is the kind of movie they put out, I'm okay with that. And that's, I think, what I liked most about Iron Man 3. Wasn't perfect. Again, a little predictable in parts. Movie was long. It was a long movie and had a lot going on, I thought. Um, but overall, I enjoyed it. Matt, what, what were uh, what were your thoughts on, on Iron Man 3? Yeah, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the, the length of it. 
uh, first off. I thought it did go a little bit long, and I think that uh, it could have ended in a number of places that uh, and uh, didn't really have to go there so much, anywhere, anywhere past uh, what it was trying to say, which was basically that uh, Tony Stark was done. Um, sort of, uh, was he done? Was he not done? That whole conversation and conflict was the main storyline in the movie. Um, and uh, I also have to agree with you that uh, Ben Kingsley was fantastic in this movie. I think uh, I would even go as far to say that it was his best role, maybe not since Gandhi, but in a very long time. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm struggling to remember uh, any more films more recent than that, but it was good. He, he had a great comedic role. He brought a lot of much-needed levity to uh, Iron Man, especially since Iron Man 2 took a, a much darker turn, um, in particular with the villain and a lot of emphasis on the villain's dark past and um, even darker present. Um, I thought that uh, Ben Kingsley as the Mandarin was uh, a wonderful performance from a, a, a Marvel actor. Um, hey, I see I what also... you did there. A Marvel actor. <laughs> I'm very punny sometimes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was... Uh, it was a great role for him. And, and it was also very unexpected. I mean, it's not really the kind of role that Ben Kingsley is used to playing. I was very surprised to even see him in the film and to see him just hit it out of the park like that was mm -hmm. great. Um, only complaint with that in that area is I thought maybe he could have been in it a little bit more. I thought he, he deserved a, a couple of more scenes um, after the big reveal. Um, maybe even before the, the big reveal, just to tease it a little bit uh, of what the character actually was mm -hmm. um, behind the facade. Uh, and other than that, I thought that, um, I thought that Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts was, uh, God, can I say that on air? Can I say that uh, she just gets sexier every movie she makes? Uh, you you can say that. We are allowed to. There's nothing profane about it, so technically you're allowed to. I'll get that past the censors. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And we this movie, I think rating. she was yes. she was at her she was at her best. She was looking her best, and uh, she did a great job acting too. Um. Also, how, how can you not love that intro sequence with yes. Eiffel sixty-five? That was <laughs> that great. Was since and, the 90s. And another great example of what Marvel gets so right is, is they get the action element and they get the comedy element, which is yeah. always so difficult to do in the, you know, everyone's saying go grittier, go grittier, go grittier. Um, I love that Marvel can can really laugh at itself. Right. And I think that that, that opens it up to a, a more universal audience, uh, yeah. like a movie like Guardians of the Galaxy, which has universal appeal. See, I made another pun there, Sean. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, it, it, it has this universal appeal, and we'll get to it later on when we talk more in depth about Guardians of the Galaxy, I think because it's able to hit, it's able to resonate and, and hit those notes with each, each uh, audience member. And it's really a movie that's for everyone. Uh, and I, I would say the same of, of any Marvel movie, really. Anyone at any age can sit down and enjoy a Marvel movie. Um, and Iron Man 3, 
uh, was one of the one of the best ones, one of the best sequels. I personally enjoyed it more than Iron Man Two. I think that's a, a an opinion I'm not alone in sharing. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, this was probably the first the first tertiary movie in a Marvel trilogy that they actually succeeded in making. I mean, the only other one would be Spider-Man 3, right? Uh, and, yeah, and I don't even think we can really give Marvel credit for that. We'll just, yeah, we'll just, we'll call that a uh, goddamn disaster. <laughs> yeah, we just want to talk about it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to poke holes in this film. I, I will say I, I was kind of annoyed. A little too much product placement for me. They snuck a few in there that really kind of got annoying. Um. I thought that the scenes with after he crashes his suit uh, in the woods and in, in the in the snow and the ten year old kid helps him with the that was a little too cheesy for my taste. I, I you know, I didn't think it was really necessary. You were kind of pushing it. Um, but then on the flip side, awesome, awesome action sequences, whether it's uh, the destruction of his house, which was great, or the stuff with Air Force One was also awesome. So um, it was just it was just a fun movie. It was just really yeah. just a great summer popcorn fun movie i would have gladly traded any of those scenes with that dumb kid for more of ben kingsley yes i 100 100 yes i agree yeah. um let's move on to the next film uh, by the way iron man 3 still to date the sixth highest grossing film of all time is it really yes a little fun fact that didn't come up in my research that's uh that's impressive it Good really for that. a third movie in a in a in a sequence Wow. Now, after that, we bring in another sequel, Thor colon The Dark World. Uh, this movie starring uh, Chris Helmsworth, Hemsworth and Natalie Portman, and of course Tom Hiddleston back as Loki in this film, looking at Thor and his supposed dark world. Um, Matt, I'm going to let you go first on this one. What did you think of Thor The Dark World? Uh, to be honest, not much. It was uh, kind of a movie that really didn't have a whole lot, whole lot of impact for for me. Um, it was as a sequel movie. I guess it was halfway decent. It was all right. Uh, probably the least memorable sequel for any of the movies in the Marvel uh, uh, sector. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, I mean. It had it had a pretty destructive fight scene at the end, but I just think that that was uh, a little bit over the top. They probably knew what they were up against with Man of Steel, and they wanted to have a uh, a comparable uh, scene of of utter destruction. That they had the fight scene at the end between Thor and um, the villain. Uh, but other than that, I, I thought it 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 could have benefited by. Um, taking a page out of Iron Man 3's playbook, maybe play up the Avengers aspect a little bit more mm-hmm. than it did. And um, it did, didn't do that at all. It seemed like a completely separate movie. Uh, Thor and Natalie Portman, again, have zero chemistry. And, uh, and yeah, it was it was a very... Mm, I would say if, if you were going into... Uh, trying to watch all the Marvel movies, I would say you could skip this one and it really wouldn't make any difference. Yeah, I think, I mean, even before talking about the movie itself, I think just the whole situation was not good for this movie, right? First of all, Thor, 
I will forever say, not a great movie character. He's just not. A little too out there, a little too unknown, and it's tough to give... You know, Captain America is a strong, powerful guy with a vulnerable side, right? And has his problems. But Thor, because his world is so disconnected from ours, and so sort of um, surreal in that in that manner, I think it's difficult to get that side out of him. And that's kind of why he needs Loki, right? He will never stand on his own without Loki on his side, um, because he's just not a good enough character. Combine that with the fact that they're coming off of The Avengers and Iron Man 3, both of which were excellent, excellent films. I, I think you're right. I think it's just a movie that, while not fundamentally bad, just falls really flat. I cannot say enough how much I despise Natalie Portman in these movies. I, I agree. No chemistry. And I love how they tried to force her more into the sequel than they did in the original, kind of making her central character, and all she did was drag down the movie. Uh, sorry, Natalie Portman, don't take it personally. Uh, you're good in other things, just not this. Uh, as if she watches. Um, uh, I did not like the, the big end sequence. I did not find it that good, where you had the and I always forget his name, the sort of mad scientist guy going around with the, I've solved how to do it, and because I'm a mad scientist. And it, it was it was just a weird, weird movie. Now, I will try and say nice things about it. I thought the uh, dark elf characters were, were great. I thought they made a, a good villain in the film. Um, I think... I think some of the stuff with the realms was getting kind of cool. Idris Alba is always great in everything. Um, so with the, the Rainbow Bridge and all that, I thought some of that was cool. But just a movie that, while not fundamentally bad, this was the first movie where Marvel forced me to pay to watch it. Where I felt obligated because I had seen all the others and it was going to set up plot points for future films that I felt I need to go see this. And that really bugged me because it wasn't worth me going to see it. Because I knew after watching the first movie, I probably wasn't going to like this one. But I went and watched it anyway because it's a Marvel movie and I need to go see it. Yeah, it felt more like an obligation than a uh, than anything else. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Um, the uh, yeah, the, the parts with the the parts with with any of the characters were clunky. I mean, I, I felt like even even the great um, Loki didn't get as in, enough play in this movie. Um, and uh, I mean, I guess the to say a redeeming thing about about the film, I did like the uh, the little bit of um, the little bit of betrayal when Loki disguises himself as Odin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it, I mean, for for a fan of mythology, I guess you appreciate that that Loki is uh, he is after all the trickster god, mm-hmm. and he's up to his old uh, tricksterous ways. Um, and uh, and that that's nice. That's nice to see because in the Avengers film, he was just kind of your your prototypical bad guy. He wasn't really a trickster. And just to say anything redeeming about the movie, I like to see that. But other yeah. than that, and that that's kind of fell short. Another big downside for me to this film was I love Tom Hilston and I love the Loki character. But by Thor two, I was burned out on Loki. Stop it! No more. I've had <laughs> enough. Like we get it. You know, yeah. like, and that, that really bugged me because I never wanted that to happen. But <laughs> Thor the Dark World, meh, mixed bag. But we get to roll 2014, Captain America, colon, the Winter Soldier. 
the sequel to the original Captain America. Uh, this one stars, of course, Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson uh, and introduces us to a new character, the Winter Soldier, uh, Bucky Barnes. Um, I will volunteer to go first on this one. Um, this movie was awesome. This movie may be in the running for my favorite Marvel movie, period, of any phase. Um, certainly, certainly in the top three. And why? One, I've always loved, I said this on last week's show, love Captain America as a character. I think Chris Evans plays him perfectly. I think the character is written perfectly. Um, I think it's a very believable character, and it's a character you, you really feel and understand. Thor is kind of a caricature of a character, but Captain America is a person, and you really believe that. I like that. Two, I actually really like Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow, and I think pairing her with Captain America in this movie, great idea. Great idea, because I think they play off each other so well. Uh, and the chemistry, like we talk about, was not there in Thor, I think was really here in this film. On top of that, again, another thing Thor was missing, a great continuation of the Avengers storyline, right? We see a lot going on with S.H.I.E.L.D. They talk a lot in this post-Avengers world, how things have changed, how security has changed. Um, that was very interesting to me. I also think Captain America 2 may have had some of, if not the best directed action sequences of any of the Marvel movies, especially that last sequence on the helicarrier where they're fighting Captain America and the Winter Soldier, I thought was beautiful to, just to look at the choreography and the direction. And you have to remember they're fighting this on a fake CGI ship. And I didn't feel that. So I think that was big, big credit to the directors. I thought that was really, really well done. Um, Robert Redford was great in that movie. Um, I just think everything about it from start to finish was just a really good movie where we talk about Iron Man 3 as kind of being cookie cutter good and like, uh, I like this movie because I like this movie and it's fun and it's interesting and there's some action, there's some comedy. To me, Captain America 2 was kind of the opposite where it was good because it was dramatic and thought-provoking and edge-of-your-seat knuckle and making you twist your head at surprises and I think by the time this is what at this point probably the eighth or ninth movie Marvel has done for them to be able to still bring and do that is outstanding and that's I think why I absolutely love this movie it was a uh, a really strong strong film Matt <laughs> your thoughts I will I uh I thought Winter Soldier was pretty good um and I uh, oh, and I say this as my uh, computer is angry with me for uh, <laughs> for some reason. Oh, it looks like the battery. Okay. Well, anyway, um, if I cut out, you'll know why. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, <laughs> so um, the Winter Soldier was a very um, ambitious movie. I thought for Marvel, it was ambitious in that it was the first sequel that they had with it with the avengers characters that felt to me like they were trying to make even more important or even more i guess even more um superfluous than the original film which was uh it was in a in a way i think that it it paid off i think that a lot more people are still talking about Winter Soldier today than they are about the original film. Um, I think that it uh, really paid off for the fans of the comic book in that it was uh, 
very true to the story material and that um the uh yeah just the sheer the sheer amount of twists and turns that they throw in the movie is excellent and ambitious for a marvel film a lot of the times um which are very straightforward and so get sort of predictable this one really didn't have that aspect especially if you didn't know who the winter soldier was um and that was pretty surprising uh and um the uh i i really like nick fury in this one i thought that uh he was a um was a pretty big hit uh and um and yeah i i this is one of the films in the marvel universe that i would have actually i could say it for both captain america films and i hope to say it for the third one that uh i would have no qualms whatsoever just putting it on and watching it again i'd really like to to watch these films again uh i like the first one enough i've watched it three times now and um the second one uh is due for a rewatch uh, i think a lot of people would agree with me in saying that it's uh it's worthwhile and uh exciting this was kind of like the uh to me i know you've never seen star wars sean but <laughs> to me this this movie winter soldier was the empire strikes back of the marvel films i don't know what that means but our, i'm gonna say it's a good thing our listeners who've seen star wars get we'll get the reference you know i'm honestly one of these weeks we're gonna have to do star wars on the show just so i have to watch it that's and then the i'll only... be the and all the, the hosting. Yeah, you're, I'm going to be lost. Uh, yeah, and, and to be honest, it's not surprising. Both Captain America movies written by the same people um, who are also writing the third one. Good news. Um, and the third one's being directed by the same directors of the second one, Joe and Anthony Russo, who famously won an Emmy for directing Arrested Development. They also directed Community, um, in addition to Captain America Winter Soldier. So very accomplished directors in my eyes. So it was a... Uh, it was just a, a lovely film. It really was. And, and I, Captain America may be my favorite Avenger. I, I really think so. Just because the character is so great and so interesting and the the first sequel to really evolve a character, not just put them in a new plot. That's great. And setting up perfectly, probably better than any other sequel, Captain America Civil War, which we'll talk about a little later. I will have to uh, say at this point, Mr. Sean, that Captain America can't, in fact, be your favorite Marvel superhero because he's already my favorite Marvel superhero. And I will have to uh, rock, paper, scissors you for him. All right. You know what? I'll, I'll go with my backup choice, which we're going to talk about right now, Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Uh, which I can't, I can't pick the whole group. I'll pick one, but we'll get to that in a minute. Guardians of the Galaxy, Marvel's big risk. We... we teased this a little bit last time, but this was really the first unknown property Marvel took and made a whole movie about no connection to the Avengers. Doesn't even play, take place on Earth. It John. Is... What? I'm just going to have to interrupt you right there. Uh-huh. It seems like there's a uh, there's a black hole opening underneath my chair, and I'm disappearing. Oh no, where am I going? Oh no. Ladies and gentlemen, he's going to get his computer charger because it's dying. While he's gone, I'm going to continue to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy starring Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Bautista, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, directed by uh, James Gunn. Um, today, uh, the second highest grossing film in all of 2014, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I will... Uh... Oh. oh, Matt! 
did even, it. Did you leave? I didn't even notice. That was so well, smooth. I saw some crazy things in that black hole, Sean. Oh, I can only imagine. It was imagine. almost like the part in uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey, when I, I go through that time warp, and now, what year is it? Where, are, where am I? Matt, Matt, you're on a podcast, Matt. Podcast. You where you cast your pod, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Matt, I am going to force you to go first on this one. Fair your enough. thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy? Wow, where to begin with Guardians of the Galaxy? Um, I think to say that this was the biggest, yeah, the biggest cinematic surprise that i've ever witnessed just just in terms of um there were i knew a lot of people who were um rooting for this movie i knew a lot of people who were rooting for this movie to fail and i'm very glad to say that i was in the um first category and that the first category i think was uh totally right and uh this was just one of those movies where you saw the trailer and, and you heard that song and you know the song I'm talking about, right? The uh, Hooked on a Feeling. Mm-hmm. And, and, you, and you just said, oh my God, what have they done? And then you left the theater, I don't know, six months or so later, and you said, wow, I'm really glad they did this. Guardians of the Galaxy was an absolute trip. It was an absolute... Uh, uh, a spectacular event to be a part of. It was it was a movie much like the Avengers, where it ran for a, a very long time, but you didn't even feel like it was that long. Uh, I think it approached the three hour mark, and um, you kind of wish that it had a uh, another three hours to go. I I was just having an absolute an absolute blast in that theater, watching it, and um, one of the one of the best movies I think that came out of that year. Uh, it's sad that didn't really get the um, uh, the a lot of the accolades that it deserved, um, especially from the Academy. But then again, it is a Marvel movie. But um, but yeah, I thought it was it was outstanding. Um, I'll leave it to you to poke some holes in it, and we'll see if I can go from there. Um, I was just I guess I was just coming out of it. I was just completely blinded by the the sheer success of the movie. Um, I really liked it. And, see, uh, it's see, a good man, time. This is where you and I differ, right? Good. Okay. I knew the movie was going to be a success before it came out, and it was a success. See, you should write books. I, <laughs> I don't want to sound like that guy. I called. I told you. Told you so. <laughs> Uh, I, no, I don't want to be that guy, but I, you know, I actually knew a bit about Guardians of the Galaxy when they announced this movie. I did my homework and I said, if Marvel is going to pick any out there group of people to make a movie. This is great. And then they cast Chris Pratt as Star-Lord, and I, I've loved Chris Pratt. He's great on Parks and Recreation. And I said, this is going to be the comedy-focused Marvel movie we've been waiting for. And it was. And that's what was great about it. Yes, it had its serious moments. Yes, it was action-packed. But it really exemplified comedy in an action movie, in a superhero movie, something that I think is very difficult to find a parallel to where everyone is going grittier and more aggressive and more explosions and more everything. This movie really, it was no surprise to me. It was a hit, bigger hit with kids than it was with adults. 
because it was just so fun. And you can't say yeah. that about movies like Thor or Iron Man. That's true. And um, I think the, the part of my skepticism, just watching that commercial, just to preface it, is once once the trailer had ended, uh, I turned to one of my friends I was watching the movie with, and he's a, a uh, devout Marvel fan. Uh, I think he's read every comic they've ever made. Um, and, and I said, what exactly is the premise for Guardians of the Galaxy? And as soon as he mentioned the words talking raccoon and anthropomorphous tree i said what the hell is what is going on am i on acid and um that uh that that feel though that that like kind of just free form and like just we'll just let it go and and yeah of course there's a talking raccoon and he's played by bradley cooper and of course there's a talking tree and he's and he's vin diesel and why not and and it, it it somehow worked. I mean, I can't really explain it. I think the soundtrack has a lot to do with its its resonating success. Mm-hmm. Um, but just it was a lot of fun. It was just it was just a movie that knew how to have fun and really not take itself too seriously. But but at the same time, it hit the right moments and um, especially toward the end that that really tugged at the heartstrings of the audience. And it was an all around uh, feel good movie. I mean. Um, I'm glad that I was wrong in that, in that it turned out to be an enormous success and not an enormous failure. Uh, I was just to go on the uh, the superhero stereotype of a movie. I was uh, thinking shades of Green Lantern. Yeah, uh, and it it turned out to be the exact opposite of that, which I which was great. Yeah, I I think. I think this fun aspect is so sorely missing in superhero movies, especially when you have characters like Spider-Man, who is traditionally a funny character. He jokes all the time. That is a staple of Spider-Man. And you haven't seen that in film, really. You've seen a little bit of it, but you really haven't seen it. Fantastic Four, very similar concept. You haven't seen it. Because I think people are afraid to do it, because it's, in my opinion, harder to be funny than it is to blow stuff up. Um... I am going to give all the credit on Guardians to one man, James Gunn, the man who wrote and directed the film. You know, I watched a kind of behind-the-scenes featurette of the making of, and he went into explanation on he wrote up, drew up, and created backstories for alien races you never saw on screen. That's how detailed he got into this world he created for this movie. And especially when you see, like, when they're walking on Nova Prime, um, before they get caught and sent to prison, you see all the alien races around, and you see the whole kind of world around them. To me, where Thor is kind of just generic, and like, oh, we get it, it's like Norse gods, but they're, it's shiny, and I, whatever. This felt like a real friggin' thing. Like, I totally bought it. I totally bought it. <laughs> Even the ridiculous gadgets and the like, just everything about it, it felt really real. And I think that strong characters, it's strong writing, it's strong uh, universe story development. Um, the cast was outstanding. I'll give credit. I thought Vin Diesel was great as Groot. He had one line in the movie, and I thought he was really good in it. So he recorded that one line eighty-seven times. That I see. He didn't I, have, but he did, and he inflected it slightly different depending and on the situation. Languages. It, it's love it. Because they didn't have to do that, and that's the best part, is they did. They absolutely didn't have to do uh, it. Any- Bradley Cooper was great. Uh, of course, Chris Pratt knocked it clean out of the park. Uh, just what a fun movie, and, and it's the only, maybe this is a standard, maybe it's not, it's the only Marvel movie I've gone out and bought on a disc to physically own. 
that's how much I like this movie. So wow. I, I was I was very happy. Mm. Uh, you know, Matt, funny thing about this show, every time, every episode we've done so far has gotten a little longer than the one before it. Mm. We have a lot to say. So we sadly, do. we are out of time to talk about Phase 3. Now, we can talk a little bit about Age of Ultron and Ant-Man and quickly give our sort of pre-release opinions, both coming out this summer, May and July. Um, I will jump in. I'm more nervous about Avengers than I am about Ant-Man. And here's why. Every teaser, trailer, description, photo about Age of Ultron is, this movie is heavily dramatic. It is very serious and it is very action focused and that scares the hell out of me because that is not what marvel has done historically even in its even the avengers the first one in its most action heavy scenes mixed it in with enough comedy and enough character development and they're just teasers they're just trailers so we don't know for sure i'm very concerned that this movie is going to swing too far opposite of guardians where the world is going to get destroyed and everyone's going to be sad and pissed off at each other. And it's just going to be a big, depressing, lame fest. And, and I really hope that's not true. As far as Ant-Man goes, I really like Paul Rudd. I really think I really think it could be a good film. It's just, again, like Guardians is a character we haven't seen before in a situation we haven't seen before, not tied to the Avengers. So it's a big risk. I'm going to say I am more on the positive side than the negative side on Ant-Man. Matt, what do you think of these two films? Okay, so um, I'm going to start with the Avengers sequel, Age of Ultron. I think that uh, you were very right to have some reservations, um, especially everything we're seeing out of it is that it's not like Guardians and it's not going to be like the first Avengers film. And um, I think that it, it's not going to have, um, it's not going to really uh, have the impact on the audience that the first one did. In fact, I think it might it would it might even create a boundary, which is something that the Marvel Universe doesn't want. Especially that its films really have the power to uh, to to resonate with everyone. Uh, if it creates this boundary between the the fans that like the action and really don't care so much about the backstory, and those more um, focused fans that are more focused on the story uh, developing, then say the action i think that it's really gonna um upset a crucial balance that it that 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 avengers and marvel worked so hard to culminate and it's you know everything that's that's worked up to this point what i will say for the film though is is if it turns out if our fears are confirmed and this movie takes a much more serious much more dark much more um let's say michael bay approach to the action <laughs> yeah. uh where it's just blowing shit up for the sake of blowing shit up uh i think that it'll teach marvel a valuable lesson in how to make future films and i think it'll 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 provide the um the do this marvel uh the uh, do this first first avengers movie uh first guardians of the galaxy movie that'll be in the do this column and then the, 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 they'll create the don't do this, and the don't do this right at the top. Top bullet will be Age of Ultron. Uh, hopefully, though, maybe maybe you never know. Maybe they're they're um, this is just a marketing. Yeah, they're uh, hiding, they're hiding the best stuff for the movie, right? Hiding the best stuff for the movie. Maybe a little bit of misdirection going on. Uh, you always want the second film if you're planning on a trilogy. You want that sec the second film to be the darkest. That's what I meant when I said earlier that. Uh, I compared the 
uh, Winter Soldier to it was the the Empire Strikes Back effect. Uh, you wanted you wanted to have a, a a dark atmosphere, but you really don't want to go with too far with it with a film like this one because if you do, you're going to risk creating that boundary. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want that boundary. All right, so that's what I have to say for Age of Ultron. As for Ant Man, I think that we don't really see too. I mean, what we've gotten hasn't really been satisfying to make uh, too critical a judgment on yet. Uh, I think that that Paul Rudd is going to hit it in a way that um, in a way that we saw in Guardians of the Galaxy with uh, a lot of the cast members there. I think he's going to be he's going to fit in right in with with Chris Pratt. I think he's he has the com- the comedic potential to uh, bring out the best in this character, especially Ant Man is a very uh, is a very funny character in the comics at least, and I think uh, similar in many ways to Spider Man. And I think he's going to bring a lot of that on stage. So I, I have a lot of uh, a lot of high hopes for Ant Man. I think it's going to go places that uh, people aren't expecting it to. Age of Ultron, though, right now, kind of scares the hell out of me. Yep. And and the other thing we do know for sure, both movies are going to make a shit ton of money. Oh, of course. Oh my God. Talk talk <laughs> about the the biggest movies of the summer, especially Avengers. Um, I know I'll be there watching it. I'm sure you will too. That is it for our discussion of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, wow, what what wow. what a, what a, what a grand experiment this is! What a two episodes it has been. <laughs> we talked Marvel. I got sucked into a wormhole and came out in a different dimension. It's really been quite a uh, quite an experience. It has, and we're going to end it strong with our first ever giveaway. Oh my God, how exciting. So normally we ask your feedback on our weekly questions for free. This week we're going to bribe you because we want to hear your thoughts. So here's how it works. In a second, I'm going to pose to you our weekly question, okay? We're going to pick two random people who answer the question. We're gonna, I'm giving away two prizes, all right? A DVD or Blu-ray copy of the Marvel movie of your choice. You get to pick. You can pick any. If you want The Incredible Hulk, I don't know why. I will find you a $5 Walmart bin copy. Um, but any movie that's already come out, I will mail you a Blu-ray or DVD copy of the movie of your choice. The other prize is a $20 gift certificate to Comixology to get your own Marvel comics. So if you haven't used Comixology, I'm a big fan. Best place online to buy your comics. We're going to send you a $20 gift certificate. You can get caught up on all the great stuff Marvel and all the other comic book publishers are doing online. How do you enter? It's simple. Our question this week, which Marvel character is the most underrated and which character is the most overrated? You've heard our opinions. We want to hear yours. We're going to have you stick to the cinematic universe characters. Sorry. No Magneto, no Reed Richards. We're going to stick to this just to limit it a little bit. But which of these characters is most underrated or overrated? Have you seen too much of Iron Man? Do you think Groot should headline his own movie? We want to hear your opinion. Overrated, underrated, you tell us. And simply by answering, you're entered to win. So go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Goldilocks Show, or on Twitter at Goldilocks Show. Tweet us your answer or comment on the post asking this question you can do once on each each time we'll give you a an entry into the contest it will be a random drawing you can also enter if you're on either platform by emailing your answer to goldilockshow at gmail.com you can also email for a copy of the full list of rules and regulations around the contest 
It will be open starting on uh, Saturday, because that's when we publish the show. Uh, Saturday, February 21st, and it will run through midnight on February 28th. So make a comment or tweet at us or email us anytime in that period. You get up to three entries if you do one of each, if you're so inclined. We will pick two winners at random. One will get one. One will get the other prize. I think it's fun. Matt, are you excited? Uh, I'm sorry. I was just thinking of the assumed name I was going to come up with <laughs> so I could participate in this contest. To win. And Matt, that would violate our rules and regulations of the contest. And those are legally binding. Harry Potter. Does that take has anybody taken that? Oh, yes, Matt. Please go ahead and scam the contest. No, it... John do comicsology. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I think people can enjoy it. We really do want to hear your feedback on the show. We're not doing this just to give away free stuff, although that's fun. We want to hear your feedback, but we also want our fans to get engaged. Tell your friends about us, maybe, if you want to include at Goldilocks Show in a tweet or GoldilocksShow.com in a Facebook post or just tell your friends. Uh, we really recommend you do that. And you can get some cool stuff. So enter uh, Saturday to Saturday, the uh, 21st through the 28th. Uh, enter uh and again i will repost about this contest on both platforms all the time so don't worry if you didn't get all the rules i promise they'll be there and if you have any questions about the contest goldilockshow at gmail.com uh we'll get right back to you all right that sound good to you matt sounds really good to me and i uh, i'm pretty jealous of whoever gets either of those prizes they're they're good prizes. I, I I think people are really going to enjoy. I love my comicsology. I, I've got a few. I get my subscription comics in every every month or so. It's uh it's a really great platform. And of course, who doesn't love DVDs and Blu-rays? Or hell, I'll buy you the digital one if you want. I don't care. Uh, however you want it, we'll get it to you. Uh, that wraps up the show this week. GoldilockShow.com is our headquarters. Uh, Matt, any thoughts on what we're going to talk about last week or next week? I'm sorry, next week. What are we going to talk about next week? Hmm. Have have you? Because we'll talk more well, out there. I didn't know if you had any early thoughts. While I was in that black hole, Sean, I, was, <laughs> I did a, quite a bit of thinking. Uh, and I came to the conclusion that we should probably do an episode one of these days where we talk about coffee. See? What You're about- a coffee fan. I'm I- a coffee fan. I'm, I'm actually a lot of our listeners are coffee fans. I'm drinking Fresco, but that's not the point. Oh, I'm not sure we could do a whole episode so on Fresco. I'm, I'm sorry. Fresco's really but good. Have you had Fresco? I have. How uh, much Fresco pay you to say that? Uh, not enough. And, and will I be seeing any of that advertised? No. Um, <laughs> so I think we could do an episode on coffee, or maybe we can do an episode that we've uh, been long postponing which is a uh, little talk about the U.S. presidents. Mm, good ideas both. You guys sure. out there, listeners, you'll just have to tune in next week to find out. Uh, and if you have any interest in a specific topic you want to talk about, you can email or tweet at us as well. We'd love to hear your thoughts as well if you have a certain – if you want to hear our, our vast knowledge and opinion on a given subject, you can certainly suggest it. No guarantee we'll use it, but you can always ask. So, uh, Of course, there's always the option of a – I can't. Star Trek episode. Can't do that. Uh, I see. I'd have to watch Star Trek. That's the problem. You're made to show too much homework. <laughs> well, I've had to watch Night Court or whatever that movie was. Um, Sports Night. Sports Night. Sports <laughs> Night's great. Oh, no, you're right. Hey, listen. 
this show is an excuse just to get me to watch things I've been long putting off. So there you go. It's I, it's it's broadening your horizon. I will, if required, I will do my duty. I promise. Uh, all right. Thank you, Matt. Thanks everyone out there. That concludes us tonight. We'll be back next week with an all new episode of the Goldilocks Zone. But until then, we'll wish you guys a good night, live long, and prosper. See, I know that reference. Ah.